Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am so glad you're here. Every week we are getting more and more folks listening to the show, people who are ready to stop dieting who are ready to embrace moderate, sustainable, healthy strategies for fat loss. And here at Primal Potential, we like to start every show with a common problem or a mainstream myth, and then get right to the solution or the facts, and finish up with concrete implementation strategies so that you can start now. We don't need to think about nutritional theory and evaluate every diet plan out there. We just have to start putting one foot in front of the other and assessing what works best for us because the very best learning tool out there when it comes to fat loss is your own body and your own mind. Now, I've got a little soapbox talk that I want to get on today a topic that is absolutely one of my favorites, but it might also be kind of controversial, but I'm ready, and I hope you are too. So we always start out with our problem, or our myth, and the problem is this. People think that calories are king when it comes to fat loss, and if they can just eat fewer calories and burn more calories, then they'll lose weight. But that is not true. And we've talked before in a previous episode about dieting and what that does to our metabolism, but we're going to take it a step further today. Abiding by the model of just eating less and moving more is going to leave you hungry, tired, probably still fat, and very frustrated. And I don't know about you, but that's not what I'm going for. The reality is this, calories do matter. I am not going to stand here and say that you can eat anything as long as it's a healthy whole food and you'll reach your goal weight. Calories do matter. They are the energy currency of our body. If we're taking in more energy than our body needs to run, then we're going to store the extra energy for a rainy day. Probably as fat, but also potentially as muscle. Okay, so that's, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. If you consume more energy via calories than your body needs, it will be stored, likely as fat, potentially as muscle. On the flip side, if we are taking in less energy than our body needs, what people think is sort of the magic bullet for weight loss, taking in fewer calories than your body burns. Here's the thing though, when we do this, your body has options, 
okay? Just like you can store the extra energy as muscle or as fat, you have options when you're consuming less energy than your body needs. So what are those options? The first one, and the one that often happens when we start dieting, is that your metabolism can slow down in response to not enough fuel so that it decreases your overall energy requirements. Does that make sense? So you're taking in less energy than your body needs. So it needs to get energy from somewhere. You're hoping that it's gonna break down fat and burn it as energy, but your body is saying, oh man, you know we're in trouble here. We don't have enough energy. Its first response is gonna be slow down the metabolism and decrease the overall energy requirements, right? Or it can break down muscle for fuel, which is how a lot of people will lose weight and get that skinny fat look, that sagging skin, the softer figure. You're smaller, but you're softer. And muscle being more metabolically active than fat, when we have less muscle, we also play back into that first option, which is slowing down the metabolism. Or what we're all really going for, it can break down fat as fuel. So the key question that we have to think about is, what determines which option our body defaults to when we are taking in fewer calories than our body needs? Hint, it is not the calories. The calories do not determine which option your body defaults to. So just eating fewer calories than our body needs in order to operate does not mean that your body will start breaking down fat for fuel. The simple calorie deficit does not mean that you will burn fat. The determining factor is your hormones. Calories matter, but what is determining what mode we go into in terms of providing that additional energy is your hormones. When it comes to fat loss, hormones are in charge. They are determining what your body does to get that extra energy. And there's one hormone that is absolutely king. This particular hormone will keep you lean, get you lean, or make you fat and keep you fat. And most people have no idea what this hormone that they've all heard of has to do with fat loss or how to make sure you're leveraging it to work in your favor. So what is that hormone? The hormone is insulin. I don't know about you, but I never really, when I was over 300 pounds, I didn't give insulin much thought because I wasn't a diabetic. And I thought you really only needed to be worried about insulin if you were a diabetic. My blood sugar levels were within normal range, so I never imagined that I might have a problem with insulin. I think most of us tend to think that way, that insulin is only something that you need to worry about. Hydrate cycle like this, right? You wake up in the morning, you have a bowl of cereal and a glass of juice, right? You, an hour later, are hungry again, and you're wondering, how the heck am I hungry? I just ate, right? That is kind of how we get into that carbohydrate cycle. We wake up in the morning, and we haven't eaten overnight, right? So we've been fasting, so our blood sugar is low. Then we introduce these carbohydrates, we spike our blood sugar, and then insulin comes in because its job is to respond to high blood sugar and clear it from the blood and take it to its storage space. Well, 
Then, because insulin has been released to clear the blood sugar, your blood sugar drops as fast as it rose. When that happens, you trigger your body to respond via hunger and cravings. So you've just eaten an hour ago, but now you're hungry again, you're craving carbohydrates, so you go back and you get more carbohydrates, right? Maybe you have a handful of pretzels or something. What happens? You spike your blood sugar again. Insulin comes in, clears that blood sugar just as fast as it rose, blood sugar goes down, your body responds again with hunger and cravings. So the cycle goes like this. You have a high carb meal. You increase your blood sugar and you get an energy surge. Insulin is released to clear the sugar from the blood. Your blood sugar drops and your energy drops with it. Your body responds to that drop in blood sugar with hunger, cravings, and the release of stress hormones. The stress hormones make you feel that sense of urgency, like I need to eat right now. That's why cravings usually come with a sense of desire, right? You really want to eat some carbohydrate treat, but there's also that sense of urgency, like I, I gotta have it now. That comes from the stress hormones. So you eat another high carb meal and it happens again and you stay in this cycle. And when we start the day that way, it's most dangerous because we haven't been eating overnight, so our blood sugar's been really low. So as soon as we introduce those processed carbs, whether it's a bagel, whether it's a bowl of cereal, anything like that, or a glass of juice, it instantly raises our blood sugar and requires the release of insulin. And then we feel hungry shortly thereafter. We have cravings shortly thereafter. Our energy drops shortly thereafter. And we go back into the cycle by having more carbohydrates and we stay there. And it's a really dangerous place to be. The energy comes and goes. The satisfaction comes and goes. The low blood sugar that responds from the insulin coming in and clearing that sugar really quickly, it triggers your body that you need more fuel. That triggers hunger, tr triggers craving for carbohydrates because your body knows that that's the fastest way to get your blood sugar back up and that's what it's looking to do. So just an hour or two after eating, you're hungry, you're tired, you're craving more carbohydrates. It is a dangerous cycle, but insulin became a problem for me because I stayed in that cycle. So here's kind of the way insulin works. When you eat foods that raise your blood sugar, like carbohydrates and processed foods, insulin is deployed. It acts as an usher. Whatever sugar is not immediately needed for fuel, like immediately because you're running a race or being chased by a bear, it is going to be ushered out of the blood because it can't stay in the blood. It's really dangerous for it to stay in the blood and it's taken to storage. So insulin is that usher taking the sugar or the glucose, another word for it, from the blood and storing it someplace. It's required for the storage to happen when there is extra sugar in your blood. Here's the thing we need to remember though. Your body's capacity to store this extra sugar is limited to about 400 grams and it can store that sugar as such, long chains of sugar called glycogen, in either your muscle or your liver. The storage space there is limited, only the 400 grams, and that's not a day or per meal, that's total, okay? After that low threshold is met, anything extra is gonna be converted to triglycerides or fat, and it's gonna be sent to be stored in your body fat, which is also called adipose tissue, or 
it's going to continue to circulate in your blood. And that's measured when we'd have serum blood tests for triglycerides and things like that. Your high insulin levels signal your body to hold on to your body fat and not release it for energy, okay? Because insulin is what we call an anabolic hormone. Anabolic means to build up, and that's because it is a storage hormone. The fat loss process, on the other hand, is a catabolic process, the breakdown process. You're breaking down stored fat for energy. And you can't have an anabolic process and a catabolic process happening at the same time. So when insulin is around, your body is not going to burn fat because the presence of insulin tells your body, hey, there's excess energy here and I'm doing my job to store it So we need to spend our energy storing this excess energy. Don't you dare release any energy from like your stored body fat because we've already got too much. So when insulin is around, that sends a clear message to your body to go into storage mode because there's more energy floating around in the blood than your body can immediately use. So it is not going to add more energy to the system. And that's the way you have to think about fat loss. Fat loss is a process that happens in your body when your body goes in search of additional energy. It gets that energy by breaking down fat. But insulin is the opposite message to your body. It is an usher for excess energy and it takes that excess and it stores it. So you cannot have this storage process and this breakdown process happening at the same time. Does that make sense? You are either in fat storing mode or fat burning mode. You cannot be in both and you're always in one or the other. The determining factor is insulin. Carbohydrates control insulin and insulin controls fat storage. Insulin determines whether you are in fat storing mode or fat burning mode. The powerful thing is this, your dietary choices determine whether or not you're allowing insulin to work for you. You are either eating to trigger fat storage, accelerated aging and inflammation, or you're eating to allow insulin to help you burn through your fat stores. And before we talk about the specifics, the implementation of how you can eat to control insulin and stay in fat burning mode for longer, I want to talk about what happens when you don't control insulin, which most of us don't, not because we have bad intentions, but because we don't know how and we don't understand why it's important. But not controlling insulin is the reason that we are fat, tired, and hungry. And the carb cycle is one example of what happens when we don't eat to control insulin. We're chronically hungry, we crave carbohydrates, we experience these swings in our energy where we feel really good for a little bit and then we kind of crash and we need that pick-me-up. But there are a lot of other things that happen to the way that we feel and our overall health when we do not eat to control insulin. So when we chronically consume high-carbohydrate meals and not even excessive, but just when we're constantly eating processed foods or drinking sodas, things like that, you always have these high levels of insulin. You're always requiring your body to produce insulin to clear that sugar from your blood. 
And these chronic levels of high insulin actually make your body resistant to insulin. It's kind of like, you know, if you get in the car and the music is really loud and you're like, whoa, that kind of startled me. I didn't think it was going to be that loud, but you don't turn it down. A few minutes later, it doesn't seem so loud and jarring anymore. And that's because you've sort of become accustomed to it. And that's what happens when we have chronic levels of high insulin our body becomes kind of resistant to the message of insulin. Like it's always there, so you're not quite so sensitive to it. Well, then your cells aren't responding to insulin. Your blood sugar remains high because insulin's not as effective in clearing it. And then your body is always perceiving that there's always enough energy, okay? Because insulin isn't effective at clearing that and your body is just producing more and more and more insulin because it's not so responsive to it, remember that insulin is sending the message, there's plenty of energy here, don't go and release it from your fat stores, so you're chronically in this state of don't release the fat, don't release the fat, insulin is around, and that's telling us that there's plenty of energy available, so it keeps you out of fat-burning mode. So when insulin resistance, because we're not responsive to presence of insulin anymore, prevents glucose from getting into your cells, your cells aren't nourished the way that they need to be. So your body thinks, oh, we don't have enough glucose here. And so your body will go into a process called gluconeogenesis. And if we break that down, gluco being that word, gluco being glucose, neo being new and genesis to create, gluconeogenesis is the process of generating more glucose and dumping it into the bloodstream for energy. But you don't really need it. There's plenty there. It's just that insulin isn't good at its job anymore of getting it into the cells. So now you're just dumping more and more and more glucose into your bloodstream, either from the breakdown of muscle or there's several other ways that we can... Or from the storage in our, our muscles, from the storage in our liver. There's lots of different ways our body can go about generating new glucose via this process of gluconeogenesis. So you're not even eating anything, but your body is pumping more and more and more sugar into your system because your insulin isn't effectively getting it where it needs to go. So that's obviously a big problem, right? Another issue when we're not eating to control our insulin is that your blood sugar stays elevated for longer because insulin, we've become resistant. It's not as effective at clearing it from the blood. And what happens when we have too much sugar floating around in the blood for too long is that these free sugars will bind to proteins. And when that happens, they form something called advanced glycation end products. The acronym for that is AGE, A-G-E, advanced glycation end products. And that's a pretty appropriate name because they actually do age us. These advanced glycation end products that are formed when we're not effectively clearing the sugar from our blood, it accelerates the aging process. They trigger infl inflammation, neuropathy, or that tingling and numbness in your hands and feet, fine lines and wrinkles, and much, much more. You really don't want to keep the, the sugar floating around in the blood because it can become very toxic. Plus, 
pumping out more and more insulin because our body's not responding to it the way that it should and our body always thinks we need more, insulin in and of itself being elevated in our system for a long time can lead to inflammation, heart disease, and it can impair blood flow. So you can see here we're creating a mighty fine disaster in the body in addition to not being able to burn fat. Your pancreas, which is responsible for producing and releasing insulin, will eventually get tired of overproducing insulin. And when that happens, you might become what we call insulin dependent, requiring injections of insulin in order to help control your blood sugar because your pancreas is just tired out from overproduction, overproduction, overproduction. And then you become dependent on injections. Excess ins insulin also is super dangerous to your hormones. It can decrease your body's production of growth hormone, which is essential for energy and repair, for metabolism, immunity, libido. It can also decrease your thyroid hormones, contributing to the slowing of your metabolism and increasing fat storage and decreasing your energy levels. It also decreases sex hormone synthesis, like estrogen and testosterone, which will negatively impact your menstrual cycle, your fertility, your mood, your sex drive. Overall though, chronically as it relates to fat loss, chronically elevated insulin encourages fat storage. And the more fat you have, the more of a hormone called leptin you produce, okay? Now, leptin is responsible for telling the brain, I'm full, I've had enough to eat. So you would think, well, if I'm overweight and I have more fat, then I'm producing more leptin, so I shouldn't ever be hungry. But just like we can become resistant to insulin, we can become resistant to leptin. So what that means is, the more overweight you become because of this insulin resistance, the more leptin you produce, you become leptin resistant, and then your brain stops receiving satiety signals and you never feel full or satisfied when you're eating. So overall, this is really scary stuff, and this is what happens to your body over time when you eat a carbohydrate-rich diet especially those processed foods, and you don't exercise regularly, it's compounded if you're doing both of those things. So you're eating poorly and you're not exercising. The great news is, this is not a death sentence. This is not bad news. This is great news because most of us have the power to control our blood sugar and control our insulin re release by what we put into our mouths, by what we eat. We can make our bodies highly sensitive to insulin and become truly, truly, I'm not exaggerating here, truly a fat burning machine just by watching what we eat and eating in a way that makes us more sensitive to the action of insulin. And when your body is highly sensitive to insulin, it signals your genes to create more receptor sites for insulin, making you even more sensitive to insulin. So we have a ton of power to manage our insulin within our body and control our ability to burn fat. It's just that most people don't know this. And also when you exercise regularly and you're repeatedly depleting those glucose stores in your liver and your muscles, you're allowing your next meal and the carbohydrates in your next meal to refill those muscle storage sites and the liver storage sites instead of storing the carbs as fat. So you don't have to think like, oh, carbs are the devil and I need to avoid them. No, you just have to be very aware of 
when you eat carbohydrates, okay, how much you eat, right? Because you don't want to go over that limit of the temporary storage site in the liver and the muscles and make them then default to fat, right? Your body becomes highly efficient at utilizing nutrients and drawing on your fat stores for energy when you eat to control your blood sugar and you eat to control your, your insulin. So we always like to end with implementation, okay? Your diet and lifestyle choices are going to tell your body to either get fat and stay fat or get lean and stay lean. So what can you do to eat to control your insulin release? Number one, and I say this on almost every episode, and I'll keep saying it on every episode because it's incredibly important. Number one, you do not want to consume your carbohydrates in the morning if your goal is fat loss, and here's why. You have been fasting overnight, right? You didn't wake up at two in the morning, I hope, and eat a bag of Doritos, so when you wake up in the morning, your blood sugar is low. Low blood sugar means low insulin. Well, if you all of a sudden shock your system with carbohydrates, because your blood sugar is low, it's gonna spike up really fast and it is going to release a significant amount of insulin in response to that major spike in blood sugar. You are most sensitive to carbohydrates in the morning. So you're going to get the biggest insulin response in the morning because you've been fasting. So you really want your breakfast to be non-starchy vegetables, fat or protein, or all three, but not fruit, not grains, not wheat, not even potatoes, right? Definitely not processed foods and sugar. Absolutely, absolutely not. So that's number one. If you do want to add in those carbohydrates, you want to do it at the very best time in the appropriate amounts. So the best time for carbohydrates to avoid insulin taking us into fat storage mode is going to be at your dinnertime meal because you are less sensitive to an insulin spike at that point in the day or after a workout, okay? So those are the two best times to eat carbohydrates and manage your insulin response. The second part of that is you don't want to go overboard in terms of quantity to you. So you, when you eat carbohydrates, you want to make sure if your goal is fat loss, that you're not exceeding a serving size of one half of a cup. Okay. And then the third key is going to be the combination. So the first thing that matters is the time. And we want to limit it to our evening meal or post-workout when our goal is fat loss. The second thing is going to be the quantity and you want to limit your serving size to one half of a cup. Some people even, if you're really sensitive, will do a quarter of a cup, but not to exceed one half of a cup. And then the third thing is going to be the combination. And you want to make sure that when you consume carbohydrates, that you're doing so with either fiber. So that would be um, adding your non-starchy vegetables that are high in fiber because that's going to slow down the digestive process. And when we slow down the digestive process, we, we slow down the spike in blood sugar and that requires less of an insulin response. So either fiber or fat. So that might look like if you have a sweet potato, putting butter on it or protein. 
We never want to eat carbohydrates in isolation because when our goal is fat loss, that is going to produce the largest spike in blood sugar and therefore the greatest response from insulin. So implementation-wise, this is what we're talking about. We are talking about avoiding carbohydrates in the morning, limiting them to either post-workout or our dinnertime meal, in serving sizes not to exceed one half of a cup when our goal is fat loss, and in combination with fat, fiber, or protein to slow down the digestive process, which slows down the rise in blood sugar, which decreases the insulin response. So I know we went a little bit long today, but this is a super important topic. I want to keep in mind for everybody that calories do matter. They absolutely, absolutely matter. But creating a calorie deficit does not mean that we will burn fat. Whether we burn fat or burn muscle or just slow down our body's metabolic rate is determined by our hormones. And one of the most powerful fat loss hormones is going to be insulin. And if we want to reach our goals, we absolutely have to manage our blood sugar and our insulin. So thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope that if this is helpful, you'll share it with somebody who needs to hear this message and head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. And until next time, stay healthy.